Edwards, right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! Looks, he hits, throws the right yes! side. Yes! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we are finally coming back to you with another podcast after the Packers have won a playoff game. First of all, the Packers are in the playoffs, and they just beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. I can't believe it. It's It's been a great victory Monday here for us, Braun. How are you? How have you been celebrating? Well, I couldn't be better, Griff. I mean, it's a, it's just special to be in the playoffs with this group that really nobody thought would get there. It's it's a great feeling. I love being a part of just being a fan at this time. Like like I said, with these guys, with all these these guys that we're just learning to love and no pun intended, learning to love and just excited to watch grow right in front of our eyes. And guys like Bo Melton, who just burst onto the scene, and, and the rookies that we've got, the tight ends, guys we had never heard of a year ago are the core central players of a special run that we're on. And it just feels great. So, I mean, let's just get into everything that's going on with this football team after this massive win. This was a game where no one thought the Packers had any chance. If you watch TV all week, if you paid attention to the analysts online, no one thought the Packers had any chance in this game. And quite frankly, I didn't think they had the best shot either. I was cautiously optimistic, but no one could have expected what happened, which was an utter domination of the Dallas Cowboys from the Green Bay Packers. And the scoreboard obviously looks a little closer than the game actually was, but that game, it never felt close from the first play of the game. It felt like the Packers were better prepared and the better team on the field. It was pretty wild to see this team play that well in a playoff game. You know, like they're just a bunch of 20 year olds who don't know anything. They don't even know what they're doing out there. Most of these guys have never played in the playoffs. There's only a few guys remaining on the Packers who were with us in 2021, the last time we made the playoffs. It's mostly just a bunch of first and second year players, especially on offense. And they looked loose. They looked like they had nothing to lose. And Dallas, on the other hand, they looked extremely shaky, and it looked like they could sense the pressure that was on them. But that was really the the biggest difference in the game to me, especially in the first half, where the Packers were up 27 to nothing and couldn't do anything wrong, and the Cowboys couldn't get anything going. The big difference between these two teams, I feel like, is the fact that there's a lot of egos in the Dallas Cowboys organization, whether it be, obviously, Jerry Jones... Or, you know, you look across that roster, they've got a lot of guys that talk a lot, like Micah Parsons, and then even their fans as well, the way that they go and and operate every season thinking that they are going to be something that they never are. And we look at what we have in Green Bay, and it's guys playing selflessly for each other. The way that Jordan Love operates is anytime somebody asks him a question, he talks about other guys on the football team, never talks about himself or what he does. And, and and he's as special as it gets at this point. So, I mean, that's just the selfless nature of this football team, I think, is what separates us from the Cowboys, and that's why the margin was so big in this game. And just the way that the team coaches and the way that we play, and then I think just the fans in general, there's a different cultural aspect of this organization that Dallas doesn't have, and really no other team in the NFL has, and that's what makes us so special. So I think... That really shined through in this game, and and that's why I feel like we have the potential to go the distance. 
I think you made a great point, and I know this is a Packers podcast, but just from a Cowboys fan perspective, I can't imagine what this is like when this happens to you every single season, and so many embarrassing moments now, embarrassing in hindsight, like Dak Prescott not wearing the NFC East Divisional Champions hat because he he was looking forward to something bigger than that, you know, and then I saw a clip of him today talking about how he carries a Louis bag around because it says LV and the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas and he wants that <laughs> he wants that on his mind at all times and you lose in the wildcard round in that fashion which is the same result as pretty much every Dallas Cowboys season since the 90s you know it's just pretty sad to think like if I wasn't a Packers fan god how do they do this to themselves every single year and the Packers are really the total opposite of that you know just the young team they all play no pro bowlers there's no pro bowlers there's no star player really I mean there are stars that like people know but there's no star player who's having an all pro season that everyone respects you know like there's not a ton of guys that people are that teams are necessarily afraid of there's not a ton of guys that people have to game plan for and they're just playing as a team and we talk a lot about the unquantifiable stuff in football and you really feel that in the Packers locker room. You know, momentum is so real and the the culture and team identity and the relationships that exist in the locker room are so important in football. And the Packers, it just seems like we haven't had a team quite like this with this kind of energy in a really long time. I think it's, it's so fresh and so new for the older guys. And then I think it's obviously the influx of the younger guys. That combo makes it like a, a whole different energy. And that's nothing to you know, disqualify everything that we've done with Aaron over the years because it's just different. But I will certainly say that you look at just the total difference that of of the energy in general is just because of the newness and just just the totally different nature of, of the switches that we've had at these major positions, losing a lot of core guys. It's just a whole influx of new guys and the energy's different and it's a different youthful energy and it's a team led, player led coaching led everything is is in sync so I would say just looking at that it's hard not to be excited about where this team can go even as young as they are and as inexperienced as everybody says they are everybody thinks that you know oh it's nice they even you know going into the playoffs oh they made the playoffs this is a great stepping stone into next season and beyond oh they won this one game against the Cowboys this is going to be great playoff experience moving forward but it's and it's nice that they won a game I'm not at that point. I really feel like, you know, we can go and beat San Francisco. We made Dak, who's played like potentially like the MVP this year, at least in the NFC, he's been the best quarterback other than, you know, now I would say Jordan Love probably fits that description. But Dak has been really good, and we made him look really bad. And Brock Purdy is not as good. He's pretty efficient, but he's not a special talent. And if the defense can play as well as it played yesterday and the offense continues to play well against everybody that lines up against them, I don't see why we can't beat anybody, especially if we go and beat San Francisco and then get a chance to play potentially Detroit, who we've already beaten. There's a lot of reasons why this could fall into place for us in a way that you wouldn't expect, but it's going to happen quick, and we all of a sudden might find ourselves in the NFC Championship and in the Super Bowl. I mean, that would just be, it would be insane, and I have hope for it too. So just very exciting to be able to do what we've done so far, and I I like our chances to, to keep things rolling. There's just so many reasons why, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about it, but I love where we're headed, and I like our chances. 
Yeah, at this point, it's not even, like, foolish to believe in their chances to win the Super Bowl. Three weeks ago, you were being a little crazy if you thought they had a shot at winning the Super Bowl, you know? But now we're at the point where we just put 48 up on the Cowboys, and we're just two games away from being in the Super Bowl. It's very possible, and it's hard to scout trends in the NFL. You know, one week you think the trend is so clear, and then the next week that team looks completely different. You know, we've seen that a bunch this season, so... I'm not saying that the Packers are going to win, you know, I, I'm not that confident against the 49ers, it's a 10 point game for a reason, the Niners are favored by 10, but anything can happen, man, especially this year, with this team, when they're playing with house money, because look, no matter what happens from here on out, it has been a successful season, it has been a season that pretty much no one saw coming, myself included, I definitely did not see anything like this coming. And you go back to October, of course no one saw this coming. It's pretty crazy what has happened in hindsight. This season was about what? It was about knowing whether Jordan Love was a franchise quarterback. They've answered that question. You know, he's going to get an extension after this season. He is for sure the answer at quarterback. And it turns out that this team is actually pretty good. And Gutekunst has hit on a lot of these rookies and a lot of guys from the 2022 draft class. You know, a lot of these guys have been really promising and great, great role players that like I said, there's no one guy that teams are game planning for, but the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, which is something that we've seen a few times in Green Bay in recent years, but it's true again now, because you've got Jaden Reed, you've got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs has puts up 150 yards in a playoff game, you've got this really nice group of players who are all, you know, 2000s kids, we're playing with Zoomers out here, people my, my age and your age, Bron, and they're out here contending, you know? They're out here beating the Dallas Cowboys on national television in the playoffs. It's pretty special, and my point here, I guess, is just that anything can happen. A Niners win is by no means a slam dunk. Griff, how about the way Jordan Love played in this football game? Everybody's talking about it, the whole world is talking about it, but, I mean, just what a coming out party on the grandest stage that he's had in his career. To play as well as he did, he really reminds me of what it's been like to watch great quarterback play over the last several years in Green Bay, which is just the most positive feeling because there was such a state of uncertainty when Aaron had left and was traded away when the Packers decided to move on from him. There's a real uncertainty about what lies ahead just because the security of Aaron is gone. So now being able to watch elite quarterback play in Green Bay once again with no sign of an end being near is a special feeling and it's just <laughs> they did it again man. to watch i know it's it feels like now we are at least on a year-to-year basis it feels like we are comfortable and we are preparing to be an elite team for the next several years so i mean just three touchdowns he had a perfect passer rating until matt lafleur subbed back our quarterback in oh my to God. the game so i was I gonna mean, bring this, that up this I'm guy literally played yeah, I mean, not my favorite thing from Matt LaFleur, who I love. <laughs> but this is uh, th- this is truly special to watch a guy literally play perfectionist football in the playoffs. I-, I mean, it's like Jordan keeps finding ways to make his own history in a place that is littered with the best quarterback play in the history of the game. He's still finding ways t- to leave his mark. And it's just so insane, and it's remarkable, and it's the coolest thing ever. He just played so well in this game, Griff. He played how he's been playing since, what, week 10? 
you know, since middle of November. I think it was really week 10 against the Steelers where he had so many big-time throws in that game, more big-time throws than I can remember him making. And it was like, wow, did he figure something out? And then since then, he's been in a, com- a completely different quarterback, and that continued into the playoffs. It, it even got a little bit better in the playoffs. This was, I think this was his highest-graded game, the highest-graded game of his career, Yeah, this was the highest graded game of his career, according to PFF. And, Bron, you mentioned the perfect passer rating. That's very annoying, because he did have a perfect passer rating, and we both posted our graphics, and even at NFL posted their graphic about his perfect passer rating. And then they put him back in, and he throws one incompletion, just to ruin it. I mean, what a shame. But 157.2, or whatever it was, still pretty good. Pretty good for a first-year starter. And when you go back to week five and like in years down the line, we're going to be rewatching this game. Maybe it's maybe the next time that the Packers draft a quarterback, maybe in like the 2030s, we'll go back and watch these games early this season and be like, wow, it took Jordan a little bit, huh? It took him a little bit to figure it out. And Jordan is really interesting case study, I think, in quarterback development, you know, because when's the last time we saw a quarterback drafted by a team? And that team knows that this is going to be a project and he's going to be on the bench for a few years with a Hall of Famer franchise quarterback already in place. I can't think of a time where that really happened since Aaron Rodgers. Are the Packers really the only team that does this? I, that would probably take some research for me to find out. And I probably could find that out. But I it, it feels like they're the only team that does this. And it in Jordan's case, it did. It took some time. He, it, he needed about half a season to really figure it out. And... It's him and everybody else, you know, because like I mentioned, first and second year players everywhere on this offense, I suppose it probably took everybody a little bit of time to figure it out, but they sure have, and Brian Gutekunst looks like a very smart person right now. This is why I think the Bears, if they're smart, will not only draft Caleb Williams with the first overall pick, but not trade Justin Fields and start Justin Fields next season and sit the first overall pick, Caleb Williams. I think they might try that because of what Green Bay has been able to do now for the third consecutive quarterback. I think there's a potential (laughs) where the Bears try to actually keep both. But if they're dumb like we know they are, they'll probably trade Justin Fields and then draft another quarterback and try to make him be the first quarterback. And then fire the head coach next year and bring in a new head coach. Yeah, they fired Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. So as long as they've got somebody to blame, they're going to have a brand new offense installed either way. So just a very shocking situation over there. (laughs) It's not shocking to us, though. They're just shocked on a yearly basis. Oh, I love it, bro. I love it. They're so jealous. They're so jealous. They're so jealous. I mean, Bears fans are watching this. You know, they think we're going to lose to the Dallas Cowboys, and then we go and win. And they're they're wearing their Bears jerseys, watching that game, yelling at the TV, rooting against us. And they were so confident, too. They were so confident. Exactly. So, I mean, not only did we get to beat them in Week 18, we beat them in this game as well. So not only did we beat the Cowboys, we also beat the Bears and the Vikings and even the Lions a little bit too because I'm sure they don't want to see us. I know that. You know, they don't want to see us in the playoffs because they know what's going to happen. So uh, very exciting stuff. I mean, this is the time to be a Packers fan. It seems like it's always time to be a Packers fan in Green Bay. Jordan Love against the Cowboys was so unstoppable and it felt a lot like, hate to make this comparison, uh, but it felt a lot like watching Rodgers in those vintage playoff games, you know, where it's just like he's on a different level. And when Jordan, it feels like these games, you have games where Jordan is just locked in. And you know and you know it from the first pass of the game. And then there's other games like the, the New York game and 
obviously games early on this season where it looks like, okay, he's not completely locked in. Against Dallas, he was completely locked in, throwing with confidence, throwing with anticipation, making the right throw every single time, only five incompletions all day. It was perfection from Jordan Love, and it felt like the efficiency that we expect out of a Green Bay Packers quarterback. That's why this game was so special to me, Braun, and this was, I mean, the Packers haven't won a playoff game since the 2020 season. (laughs) It's been a while since they've won a playoff game, but this ranks pretty high up there in terms of my favorite playoff games ever. That touchdown to Dontavian Wicks from Jordan Love, where it's cover zero, they're sending everybody, he's changing the play at the line of scrimmage, runs the shot clock down to two seconds, hikes the ball, fade away, Michael Jordan jump shot, and Dontavian Wicks catches it, beautiful play. I jumped up and down screaming, man, It that felt I felt like a little kid watching that. It felt like that's one of my favorite plays that I've seen in a long time. Griff, that's when I knew this was a special game because it's 14 nothing before that, and as that ball's fluttering in the air, I'm just so confident. I'm like, well, Jordan wouldn't throw it if it wasn't open and it wasn't going to be a touchdown. I know. Of course, How have we gotten to this it, point? It, like, now? That's the confidence that I have in him at right, this point. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it is a touchdown, and it was just like, wow, this is a blowout. <laughs> like we, just, we went up three scores on the two-seed Cowboys who, you know, they've been one of the top teams all year. They just beat the Lions. I mean, there's a lot that is to be said and should be said about the what, what we just did. We just beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were favored to potentially go to the Super Bowl if it wasn't going to be San Francisco, right? It was Everybody thought it would be San Francisco and Dallas in this NFC Championship game, and that's kind of a toss-up game for a lot of people. But not for us. We just went and kicked Dallas so far down. They're, they might fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, this is just a, this organization, just a really, really shocking thing. And, and look, I, I'm not surprised. I, I, like that whole game, I was like, I felt like, I just felt so good going into this game. And I know you did too, Griff. I just felt like we were going to win this game. I was going to be more surprised if we didn't come out and play well. And, and we played exactly how I thought, and Dallas just didn't show up. I don't think we played any specially better than we were supposed to or you know I just think Dallas really we really deflated them quickly and they just couldn't keep up with our pace offensively and and our scoring ability and I think just the the way that the defense really shut them down Jair with the pick Darnell with the death blow pick six and the pressure wasn't as well there as I would have hoped but I mean we really did a great job in the secondary to to just diminish everything they were doing and I think Jair being the star that he is, showing up when it matters most in the playoffs. He not only got that pick, but they just, you know, there was nothing coming his way all game, and when it did, it wasn't happening. So, Carrington Valentine as well. Everybody great did a great job. The safeties, there's just, it was a big-time performance. Great defensive calling from Joe Barry, who's, the defense has stepped up in a massive way. Um, so, everything is aligning for us to keep going and play well. So, until proven otherwise, we're going to be, in contention, we're going to be going at this thing against anybody, whoever it takes, and I feel good about our chances against anybody right now. The problem for Dallas was just that it all fell apart so quickly, you know? Like, they didn't even have a chance to even open their eyes before they were down 20 to nothing. The Packers, they went touchdown, and then their second drive, they punted, and then they went touchdown, 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 and another touchdown after that. And the Cowboys... Did not, they weren't able to keep up with that, you know? And that is the type of efficiency, like I said, that 
we're used to seeing from a Green Bay quarterback, and that's the type of Matt LaFleur offense we're used to seeing. I loved it. I loved everything. Matt LaFleur pretty much took Micah Parsons out of the game completely with the bootlegs, with the play-action game, and with the success that the run game was having. The run game, Aaron Jones... Once again, running all over the Dallas Cowboys, he's played them four times, and four times now he has um, dominated against them. He has a three-touchdown day. The run game looks so much better than it did in November and October when they couldn't block anybody. They couldn't block anything. And now they're, you know, they're not like complete road graders. Aaron Jones' elusiveness helps a lot in the run game. Um, But they're blocking so much better now. And the amount of missed blocks are way down from where they used to be. Everyone's been growing on this team, including the offensive linemen and the run blocking and the run game in general. But when the Cowboys, they can't stop the run game, Micah Parsons isn't able to tee off and go after the quarterback on every on every drop back. And the play action, the bootlegs, everything was by designed, everything felt scripted, and everything felt like it was going exactly as planned for the Packers offense. And the Cowboys, like I said, they just couldn't keep up with that. And then you throw in the turnovers, the Jair interception in the first quarter, that was that was another one of my favorite plays that I'm going to remember for probably the rest of my life, that Jair interception. And then the Darnell Savage pick six in the first half, which really felt like a dagger. I'm wearing a shirt right now that says, there is your dagger. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Wayne Larravee, shout out, gave out the dagger after that pick six. You think he may have? Cause it felt like a dagger. I don't care about anything that happened in the second half. I really don't. If we're going to talk about the defense, it's almost, it, it's almost like we can't talk about the defense because they gave up 32 points, 400 yards to Dak, you know, all these garbage time stats. You really can't take anything from the second half. I don't think this game was over at halftime. It really was, yeah. I'm not. I I can't. I I give no fault to the way the defense played at any point in the second half. The game was absolutely over with when Darnell picked that ball off and ran to the end zone with nobody within a hundred yards of him. I, I that's the game right there, and they just did what they had to do to secure it because things get complicated when you're up by 28 because now you have to be. You can't throw a pick. When when you you know you can't throw a pick six and then have them score like that you need to just be cautious enough where you're still moving the ball but also keeping your foot on the gas pedal and and playing like the score zero zero. There's a true balance to that because you don't want to let them back in the game with all this time left. And they did what they had to do. Went to half with a big lead. They allowed that one touchdown beforehand, but the the lack of mistakes on offense was a big thing. And it's just about kind of doing what you can keeping the same level of of aggression on defense but you can't be over aggressive obviously and a lot of it is just you know they're going to throw the football there's just so many factors that go into trying to defend against a team that you know is has to try to score a bunch of points in a limited amount of time so what they did in the first half is what matters and they had the right call and the right coverage on for many if not all of the plays that Dallas needed to execute on and and when you look at that first half, that's the football team Green Bay was when it mattered most. So, again, you just can't be more than you, – you, there's no limit to the excitedness you can have about the way that the defense just played and a lot of hope and faith in what we're doing right now because of the fact that has, – has the defense struggled at times this year? Yeah. In some areas, they've struggled all season. In other areas, they've been better, but they came back fairly healthy in this game and put on their best performance of the season probably in that first half. Um, I, I would like to see the pressure a little bit more. They lost Enigbare for the year, it seems like, torn ACL. That's a big loss to have because he's really our third edge rusher. So 
uh, or third or fourth, I guess, with, with Lucas. But, I mean, we're very deep there, and we've got uh, Brenton Cox is in there still. So we've got guys, uh, obviously Rashawn and Preston are the, the guys for us, and, and Lucas Van Ness has come on of late too. So I'm not too concerned, but I'd like to see more pressure for sure. I think Rashawn, if we're going to win more of these games, I think Rashawn has to have one of these games where he has a couple sacks and makes a huge impact, maybe a forced fumble or something like that. So, but other than the pressure, I think, you know, the the secondary played great. The linebackers played really well. So I love where we're at, and I just want to see kind of a little bit more pressure against San Fran. Tough task, obviously, with their O-line, but that would be the way to, to stop them for sure is to get some more pressure. They're going to have a hard time out there against San Fran, man, you know. And I know people said the same thing about Dallas, but I feel like San Fran just operates at a much different level. I think they're a much less volatile team than the Cowboys are. Uh, with a more efficient quarterback, I would argue, too. Brock Purdy been having a great season. Now, you think about the only times that we've really seen them, you know, look bad on offense was a few games in the middle of the season where they were missing some parts on offense. Debo was out, their left tackle was out, and then uh, against the Ravens on Christmas night. They they got stomped by the Ravens, but the Ravens, that defense is really good. I'm having a pretty hard time imagining how the Packers do well against this uh, 49ers team. But you think back to 2021, right? I mean, terrible game. Terrible game to think about. But the year that they beat us in the playoffs in the snow at Lambeau, um, off the block punt 13-10, to the defense played lights out. They gave up six points all game, two field goals. That's all they gave up. And they completely shut down that offense that everyone had said uh, would probably carve up the Packers defense at the time. And people are going to be saying those same things now. That's what everyone expects, right? So it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities for Joe Barry to actually have a really good game plan for this offense, you know? That could happen. I'm not getting my hopes up for that, and I wouldn't count on it, but it certainly could happen. I feel good about this game. I I just think, I don't know, maybe it's just the Packers fan in me, but I love what we're doing, and I just think that we can beat anybody, and I think San Francisco falls into that category. They've had some tough losses this year against teams that they probably should have beat. They're not invincible I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks the talent is there obviously the receiving talent is great they've got the best running back in football maybe Um, I just think they're susceptible in some areas that are really more just you can't really see it it's hard to explain but I just think we might we might play really well that's really all it is I just think we're going to play well enough to win Dallas you know they've again same thing with Dallas you look at them they've got MVP caliber quarterback. They've got top receiver in the game, CeeDee Lamb. They've got great running back, Tony Pollard, one of the best offensive lines in football. Their defense has been swarming and finishing. The secondary's got all the interceptions this year, and they've got players on the pass rush that are top-notch defensive player of the year caliber guys. This is what I'm talking about, though. San Francisco's in that same boat. They're playing at home. I just think we have the edge for the reasons that are a little bit outside the realm of the physical football, uh, the nature of, of what the game really is. I just think there's something about the way this team's playing that it's hard to mentally overcome. If we come out hot like we did, and, you know, we, we took the ball again. And uh, with, with the coin toss, we took the ball. And that's just so interesting because it goes against the last decade at least of of coin tosses where almost everybody's deferring to the second half for the chance to double up but it really does feel like 
just from a mental standpoint, if you've ever played football with your friends or anything like that, when you get on a team, the first thing you're thinking about is we want the ball first. It's never like, oh, I want to go play defense first. You know, you want the ball, and that's how you set the tone, and Green Bay set the tone and never let it go and never let it change. So I think if the Green Bay Packers get the chance to set the tone against San Francisco, the way our offense is playing, the way our quarterback is playing, I think it's going to be a great start to the game, and if we can keep it going, I don't see why we can't win. Yeah, I think that's always been the argument for in in support of electing to receive the opening kickoff, right? It's because you get to set the tone, you get to you get the first swing at momentum. And once you win the momentum battle, battle early on, a lot of the times the other team never really has a chance to grab it from you. And as we saw with the Cowboys yesterday, that's exactly what happened. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue uh, to do that. I like the uh, I like the mindset though. That's very all gas, no breaks of Lafleur. Which is strange that, you know, it's strange for so long he was electing to defer. But I think that was also kind of a Rodgers thing. But, um, yeah, this game, Saturday night, man. Saturday night on Fox, huh? Tough that it's on Saturday night for us. I think it's going to be obviously playing on Sunday and then having to play on Saturday. Yeah, I have bad memories of Saturday night uh, playoff games because we lost to the 49ers in the game I was just talking about. That was a Saturday night game. The Larry Fitzgerald Cardinals game, the Jeff Janis Hail Mary, that was a Saturday night. I struggle with those. Not, Not a whole lot of good memories there. Well, I mean, we've also had these chances where we're the number one seed and we're off for an entire week and then we come back on a Saturday and lose or we come back on a Sunday and lose. I mean... You know, it's and then I remember at those times wanting the games to be on Saturday so the other team would have less time to prepare. You know, that that's uh, now we're in a different boat where we just played and San Francisco's been on two weeks rest or whatever it is. So, uh, all I know is that the only thing we can control is how we come out and start and then how we finish really, because San Francisco is going to be healthy. They've been waiting. They probably think they've got this one in the bag because not only are they playing the team that they always beat in the playoffs, but they're playing that team without the big bad wolf that's been there for several years, and it's a rookie quarterback, and they're going to pressure him and make him, you know, make him turn the ball over. But Jordan handles the pressure like a pro. He plays, like, so cool, calm, and collected. I mean, there's just, again, very reminiscent of what it means to be a quarterback in Green Bay. He carries himself just the way you want the quarterback in Green Bay to carry himself. He he just has this swagger, this cool, calm and collected just nature about him that affects the whole entire way the team operates and I think it affects, you know, the way the fans at home probably watch the game because for me, I see him so cool and and unpressured and unfazed and it makes me more confident in him and in the the chance for us to win. And I think that spreads not only like I said to the players but to the fans. So and that, that's why I feel great about anybody we play. He just looks the part, and, and he's playing the part as well. So I, I like, again, I like the way we're going to be coming out of this and, and looking good, looking for a chance to win, and I think we've got a great chance. I do too. There, you know, there's a chance they, that the 49ers might dance all over us, but I, I think the Packers have a pretty good chance. I do. I, I like Packers plus 10, let's just say. I don't think it'll be a 10-point oh game. 10. The spread being 10 is insane. Well, yeah, <laughs> the 49ers are pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good, but I think we are too, as you know. Yeah, that team from Green Bay is also pretty good, as we've seen. Yeah, that team in little old Green Bay might have something to say about that 10-point spread. Mm-hmm. Can't wait, man. If we're if, I mean, that'll just be ridiculous if we're able to beat the 49ers in the playoffs as soon as Rodgers leaves. Mm, wow. 
It would they be really something. think they're going to probably blow our doors away, but I think we're going to have a great chance to hang in there and see what happens. I sure hope so, man. This is the best time of year. Well, as long as your team is in the playoffs. This is the best time of the year, and I'm so grateful. Hey, for us, it's the best time of the year. That's We're in sure. round two. This is the final eight. We're one of the final eight teams left in the NFL. Pretty crazy. Nothing better than it. Nothing so better. We will be back after this next playoff game. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this year's episode. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers. Braun is on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we will be back for <laughs> coverage of the Packers' uh, next playoff game against the 49ers on Saturday night. I can't wait. I'm very, very nervous. Very nervous. But like I said, I like their chances. I think they've got a, they're have got they going to have a good shot at this one. But that being said, can't wait for it. And go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm looking forward to coming back and discussing Green Bay's big playoff win against the San Francisco 49ers and talking about what it's going to be like to play in the NFC Championship with our first-year starter, Jordan Love. Two wins away, baby. I love it. Thank you for listening, everybody. As always, Go Pack Go!